that was the first thing the actual Tony said to me was, Hey, why am I Michael? <laughs> or I think you screwed up Michael here. I was like, I, was like, I think, I think, I think something's messed up. I, I'm Michael. Right. Is this freaky Friday? Mm-hmm. Now you got to act like each other, but vocally you can't that's do true. it in front of a camera. This is a podcast. Yeah. That's a little, actually a bit of a challenge for, for me. Cause I don't know if I can replicate who Michael is perfectly. Like it's, it's hard for me to, you know, live up to that standard too. Oh, sounds like some good praise actually. <laughs> Definitely. Is. Welcome one, welcome all to another edition of Gridiron Gallery. I'm your host, Zach Kyleman, and man, this is the first time in a while that we have gotten a Zach, Tony, and Grimbo episode back once more, uh, which now that's what you understand is what we're going to be talking about today, is we're going to have us three once more back on the podcast. I bring in Tony Stenielsen and Michael Grimberg, who, funny enough, on this recording, I messed up their names for the recording, but that's okay. I know who is talking on here. That's all that matters. Uh Tell you what, uh, Tony, which is labeled as Michael on here, welcome in. What, how have things been for you lately? Uh, it's been good, Zach. Uh, recently uh, got full time at the local YMCA that I've been working at, uh, so transitioning into that. Um, moved in with a couple of my buddies about ten minutes from my uh, the house I was living at with my grandma. So officially moved in and just trying to live life through pandemic. Yes, aren't we all? Happy to hear from you, man, as well as Michael, who is labeled Tony. Yeah, that sounds confusing, but that's that's my fault. Uh, we'll get that corrected next time. How you doing, man? Hey, doing good, doing good. Keeping busy. Um, just enjoying life and uh, can't wait to talk more about football. Hey, I am excited to talk about it, too. A lot of uncertainty. We'll get to that in a little bit, but let's get to more of the... Uh, well, at least kind of a bragging segment, if you will, for this team updates. Uh, if if any of you have been listening or following us for a while or you're rejoining us again, because I took a month hiatus with this thing, uh, all three of us have different team fandoms. I'm a Bears fan. Tony, in particular, is a Dallas Cowboys fan, but he also can cover the Cleveland Browns since he lives out that way. And you also have Michael. He covers the Atlanta Falcons. And he also lives up near where we all used to live in Northwest Indiana. So that's kind of funny. Uh, anyway, I'm going to start things off. Uh, Tony, I tell you what, we'll, we'll get you going again. Um, anything new with Dallas? I mean, there's a lot with Dak Prescott that was resolved recently. But, I mean, is there anything else that has uh, come up? Or can you elaborate on Dak's uh, situation? Um, so, yeah, Dak obviously is still unsigned uh, and had to sign his franchise tender, which – is honestly probably a good thing. That way we can see how he does ne- this season and then sign him next season when we, when the team's obviously got more money. Um, Personnel-wise, I mean, Dallas re-signed Antoine Woods, our defensive tackle, um, which was a great re-signing because we really needed to keep him there after Malik Collins left to go to Las Vegas. Um, we added the veteran Cam Irving. Um, to fight, well, kind of get the swing tackle position that uh, Dallas loves to have in case they 
you know, they, they need him for either Tyron Smith going down, Zach Martin going down. He's a good acquisition, and he's apparently back in Dak, and he's ready to protect him, so especially that blind side. Um, and then Alden Smith finally got his, his suspension, you know, lifted, so he should be good to go for camp. Um, that's personnel-wise. Team-wise, I uh, read this morning that uh, the Dallas Cowboys are not going to be offering season tickets this season uh, due to a state mandate and limited capacity. Um, they are allowing current season ticket holders the opportunity to purchase t- single games, um, but there's not going to be you know, a full stadium down in Jerry World like there has been in years past. Yeah, how much of the sacrifices we're all making around here, man. And th- that's kind of – it's crazy to think that you're going to see a Cowboys a Cowboys game in Jerry's world not filled up, you know. Uh, I mean, it's been considered the, one of the pinnacles of NFL stadiums in the last two decades. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be real weird, man. I cannot imagine just looking and seeing the, the camera views and just seeing what every – other section potentially filled or every other row or however they're going to do it. It's going to be, it's going to be absolutely weird. Right. I mean, the NFL, they're trying to limit, you can't have, I believe it's the first six rows as part of their COVID procedure. You can't even have those filled up. And then of course there's the whole capacity issue too. So yeah, Jerry's world's going to look weird, but (laughs) um, a lot, at least, at least there's progress for Dallas. It's good to, good to hear, you know, happy to, see that at least you guys are going to have Dak Prescott and Alden Smith, you know, again, maybe we'll, maybe you're going to get a good run out of him now, uh, trying to revive his career. So some positive things moving forward for the Cowboys. It sounds like, uh, tell you what, Michael, what you got, uh, anything new on the Atlanta Falcons as of late? Uh, a little bit, but it's been pretty quiet overall, uh, right. which is probably a good thing. Um, but yeah, uh, just talking about their their draft class in general, um, all the rookies tested negative for COVID nineteen. So Fantastic. that's good. I know. So that's good. Um, no players have yet to opt out for twenty twenty season, um, but I know there were some rumblings with Todd Gurley saying that if the collective bargaining agreement was not going to be made for the players, that he was going to opt out but then they ended up doing it anyway so that's always good um and then yesterday um atlanta agreed to terms with former Bengals corner darquez dennard uh nothing is finalized yet but um i think adding him will provide a lot of depth for the cornerback position that's pretty much filled with a bunch of newcomers and young talent um as they just added to it and through the draft with um, 16, 16th overall pick AJ Terrell. So, yeah. And you got to fill that void that Desmond Truvant left behind after he got traded. So exactly. You know, yeah, find so, that depth wherever you can. Yeah. So it, it'll be nice to have at least some veterans in there and I don't know if they're going to make any more moves or not, but um, I know their name has been mentioned with um, Yannick and Gakwe too. So, I don't know a potential trade or not, but we'll see what old Thomas Dimitrov has in uh, has in the cards. 
that would be a blockbuster. I mean, and it would be a risk too, because I mean, he's asking mostly to sign a franchise tag and then see what happens after this season. So yep, you know, you, you'd be gambling for the franchise at that point, I think. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Yeah. But it's, it's a swing. And I'll tell you what, that would definitely change Atlanta's perspective on this year. I mean, a lot of promise, I think in Atlanta, I would have to say for you guys, Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that would be, I mean, if they're in the running, that would be awesome to even think that they have a chance at him. Uh, but I mean, you know, it's, yeah, it's a lot of promise, I would say, especially in a crowded uh, NFC South for for you all oh, out yeah. there. Uh, for Chicago, I'm going to make this a real quick, short and sweet. Um, not too much going on. The only ma- the only major issue, and this just kind of ties into one of our next points, actually, um, Eddie Goldman, he is going to be opting out of the 2020 season. He is a prominent defensive tackle for the Chicago Bears, one of the key stars, I would say, on that defense, or at least one of the underrated stars on that defense. He's going to be sitting out the 2020 season uh, per the COVID-19 procedures and clauses that they were given to players. Um, other than that, uh, we're going to have the early stages of the Mitch versus Nick Foles battle coming up really soon. So we're going to see which one is going to start the season. Uh, more signs are pointing towards Mitch, considering that OTAs couldn't happen this year for Nick Foles, and we're starting later in a training camp. So without preseason games too, Nick Foles is kind of at a disadvantage unless he really shines in practice. So kind of holding out, but I'm going to assume Mitch Trubisky starts week one. Um, other than that, uh, not too much. I mean, they kind of cut down on tight ends. Uh, Adam Shaheen traded to Miami. Uh, Ben Broniker, who had been uh, studying at Harvard, he is also cut, was one of my, more of my favorite players because fun fact, uh, my roommate actually went to high school with the guy. So kind of, uh, kind of a fun coincidence. Yeah. Uh, No kidding. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird. And, uh, (laughs) so yeah, he's, he's gone, but I mean, he's been studying this whole time and I'm assuming been able to pay the, the Harvard tuition for a PhD. So, uh, you know, good for him capitalizing on a scenario. Uh, that's about it. I mean, really, it's uh, the rest of it's just kind of how we're all wrapped up in the NFL season and just a lot of what ifs right now for all of us, which, you know, let's get into that. What if the big what if COVID-19 uh, it's going to have and it has been having quite an impact on the NFL already, uh, mainly just the amount of players that have opt out. We are up to if I am reading this right, I believe 30 at this point have opted out of the season. Uh, I would assume, and I don't know if you guys think the same, but I will get your opinions on that. I assume that that number is going to increase by the time we start week one in September. Uh, and some of the key names that have been opting out, um, many of them are Patriots, but there's a few that are out, that are also bigger names, I would say. Uh, you have Damian Williams, who was a hero for the Super Bowl for the Kansas City Chiefs. He opted out. Patrick Chung, Dante Hightower, uh, Brandon Bolden, all from the New England Patriots, along with a few other of their teammates. They've opted out as well. Nate Solder from the Giants, he's opted out. Marquise Goodwin, who just went to Philadelphia, he's not going to be playing this year. Devin Funches as well. And like I mentioned earlier, uh, Eddie Goldman. And uh, besides Eddie Goldman, I you know I asked Tony this, and he can elaborate as well, but uh Dallas has uh, receiver Stephen Gildry and then cornerback Maurice Kennedy going to be opting out, and I hope I didn't pronounce those names wrong, but they'll be opting out as well from the season among other players. So I got to ask you guys, because this is a big debate right now. The MLB is dealing with this with their scenario that's going to be similar to the 
NFL with how they're going to be doing travel, but with a lot of restrictions on the stadiums or limited to no fans. Is the NFL handling the pandemic right? And uh, I'll just to get kick things off, we'll switch it up. I'll start off with Michael. Um, are they getting it right? I think, I think at first, no, they did not. I know there was a lot of um, heat coming on from the the Twitterverse, and uh, I know a lot of players were voicing their opinions um, for the world to see, and it was obviously making a, a big to do about that, which is totally understandable. And, um, but I think once they reach that agreement that, Hey, we are going to play football and there is going to be a season. Um, it seemed like it was, it was, it was going to be good. Like at first they were not protecting the players at all. The players seemed like they didn't have a voice and then they finally got it situated. And, um, it seems like, it seems like we are going to have a season. I don't know how it's going to pan out such as with fans but I know going back to the Falcons side of it I know that they um they said that they're they're gonna have between 10 and 20,000 fans at the games that was that's what was being said a month like maybe a month ago but it's hard to tell what the future is going to be like if there's going to be another wave or not but I think right now it's it's good to know that there is going to be a season and teams are going to be meeting and rookies are going to be meeting with them as well and everything's going to be going according to schedule currently. But like I said, it's going to be hard to tell in the near future. Yeah, it's it's definitely COVID-19 is proven to be a very uncertain disease. And you mentioned that social media push, uh, which is hashtag – we want to play. Uh, that was a big push towards oh, yeah. the NFL. And I think that was, and I, you alluded to it and that you alluded as well. That was a key, a key aspect of getting the NFL PA in the NFL to, you know, bend a little bit on trying to protect the players. I mean, they weren't even talking about, they weren't even talking about doing daily tests at training camp until that movement happened. Mm-hmm. I believe now a week ago or a week and a half ago at this point. So you know, that's a very good point. Um, you know, and NFL players obviously have a quite a social media presence. We have Patrick Mahomes commenting on this. That is uh and that's your that is your face of the league now after mm-hmm. after the events of this past Super Bowl. You know, you have to obviously take a look at what you're doing and start evaluating yourself in the public eye. Uh Tony, uh you, you can jump in on now. Uh what do you have to add to this, man? Do you think they're doing it do you think they're doing things correctly now? Or do you think that they haven't been doing things correctly? What are your thoughts on their handling of the pandemic as a league? Um, I'm with Michael on this. Mainly the league is pretty reactive when it comes to anything. Um, Especially when you talk about a disease that uh, has skyrocketed cases across the country. So it's really difficult to really plan it out. So yeah, they didn't do a great job at the beginning. Um, but a lot of things have changed since then. They've really stepped it up to make sure that they're protecting it. Now, whether the players themselves follow the rules that the NFL, you know, sets forth for this, that's a whole different story. Um, it really comes down to 
they the league needs to do everything they can to protect the players, but the players also need to protect themselves. So they didn't handle it handle it well at the beginning. No, now they've started handling it better, but it's still going to be tough because you're going to have guys inches away from each other's faces hitting the crap out of each other. And I don't know about you, but when I got hit, sometimes there was like that, you know, I expelled some, some spit or I, I expelled some, you know, breath that just, you know, would have could go through that face mask. Like it's not, that thing's not protective at all. So I don't know. It, it'll be definitely interesting to see how they go once we start you know, live drills and, you know, actual games, because I could honestly see cases potentially going up if we don't take the proper steps now. Yeah. Um, something you brought up cause you know, you played line in high school. I played line in high school as well. Uh, Michael, I'm pretty sure that you, I played line I you, as well. Yeah. I was going to say you played a little bit and I believe didn't you <laughs> tight end for a, for a spell or something like that. Uh, I think for a very short time, but I, I didn't have the build bro. Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> at that point we were, I mean, that was the early stages. So we were just, they were just taking what we could get, know, <laughs> get girl, you know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, something that I thought was a great quote, and this is from a uh, center JC Treader from the Cleveland Browns. He asked the question, I believe at the, one of the NFL PA meetings, uh, specifically on players. Cause they're trying, you have to social distance between six feet, every play in the NFL, you have upwards of Man, I would say upwards of maybe at max 17 players up at the line on an average play when you count in, well, no, not 17. Well, no, probably 17. I mean, if, I mean, if we're thinking about that, because I would say probably you consider the running back, the two safeties out there as well. Um, and maybe you have a linebacker hanging back or you have two running backs set. You know, you have 17 guys, I would imagine, that are within proximity. And if you aren't bubbling off this league, then this thing can spread like wildfire just from one play. And it's yeah. it's you know that's that's something I thought was a very good quote from a from a active and Pro Bowl All Pro center himself. You know that's a hard reality that they have to take. Uh, and I this is a question you know that I I have to ask. I'll ask you guys this because I I've always I've had some issues with how even just people in public are with the with the covid nine with covid 19 and just trying to protect themselves you know can we truly trust players to play their role i i don't you know going off of the nba players and going off of you know other leagues that have started back up i i don't think so i mean people are social beings they don't want to be cooped up uh i i have a feeling somebody is gonna split the rules and you know the first offender could be made an example of and could receive a harsh fine, harsh penalty, you know, whatever. But I mean, if you just look at the NBA, they have a bubble and people are breaking the rules of ordering takeout, of leaving the facility, of order. I'm pretty sure somebody like tried to bring girls into into their room too. So it was. Oh I, if if they're not going to follow their own rules, then it's gonna it's not going to help. And if and the NFL players are kind of in the same boat professional athletes they think sometimes that they are better than the rules and i could see it coming back to bite them in that aspect yeah <laughs> without a doubt uh michael you have any comment on this uh no i just i i pretty much 
was thinking along the same lines of Tony. It's it's just going to be kind of hard because there's so many things that people are wanting to do, and it's not your average season. Like when you get a day off or whatever, you can't just go and do whatever you want. And you know, and people are like yeah. like Tony said, people mm-hmm. are people are social beings, and they want to do what they want to do. So, I mean, and now they can't and people really don't like being told what to do. So it's, it's just a matter of how bad do they want to play and how, like, what will they do to play? Honestly, like that's just what it comes down to. And if they, if they're answering that question with, well, I'm going to do whatever the heck I want to do, then we're not going to have football. So. Yeah. That's uh, that's a tough reality we all face. Um, I mean, we're every day, and this is of course minor, at least college leagues. But it seems like every day there's a new smaller college league that is either they're postponing their fall season or they're shutting it completely down too. Um, and I know it's not the same level as the NFL, but you know these you have to consider how much this is and this can impact the sport. Uh, and obviously, you know, like I said, or like you guys have said. Uh, you know, people are social creatures and we have definitely learned that not everyone likes to, uh, you know, quote unquote, take orders or quote unquote, listen up. Uh, you know, they feel they're it's their sometimes their way or the highway. Uh, but yeah, that's the question that's going to be around us. I mean, uh, the MLB we brought up, they're already having to rewrite their own policies just because they already have now it's two players or two teams. I meant to say that they're postponing their games. I believe it was today. The Phillies also had to have their games postponed or at least held off till they could solve what's going on with their team because they interact with the Miami Marlins who had an outbreak because, well, partially they're in Florida and Florida is one of the highest outbreak States right now. So, you know, the NFL Mm -hmm. has to be looking at this. I imagine with a very close eye and it's only a month, maybe, you know, just a little over a month and we're supposed to get football back. And, all these questions still in the air. It's amazing to think that we're still not completely with solutions, but that's how this virus has been. <laughs> that's, yes. that's how it's been. Um, anyway, moving on. Uh, let's get off. Let's get a little more brighter topics here. Some more news pieces, shall we? One that, you know, and this is, of course, if we have a full season, cross your fingers, um, is very impactful. Uh, Jamal Adams was finally granted his trade request. But not to the team he originally wanted, which I imagine Tony would have been thrilled to see Jamal Adams go to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, oh, yeah. That didn't happen. Uh, Jerry did not land that big fish. Uh, instead, they're going out. He's going out to Seattle, and the New York Jets are getting quite a treasure trove of return in place for him in particular. Two first-round picks, by the way, are going towards the Seattle Seahawks. This is almost like the same stock as the Khalil Mack trade a few years ago. And mm. I mean, this is a completely different class of player, but still Adams is one of the tops in the league. Uh, Got to ask you guys, and I'll start off again here. Uh, we'll flip it over to Tony. I believe this next to start out. Um, what, what's the impact of this? Uh, is Seattle a Super Bowl contender or is it just a big swing and a miss for the Seahawks? I would say they're more on the lines of Super Bowl contender. Um, Russell Wilson still has a lot in the tank. Uh, his wide receiver core is still very good, especially with DK coming into his second year. 
Um, the defense, I mean, was a little bit old, was kind of their Achilles heel last year. So adding a solid player at corner is actually going to really help out the Seahawks. Um, I, it, it'll be still be tough for them. I mean, they're definitely always contender. Pete Carroll, as much as I dislike the guy, is a good coach, um, knows how to, you know, develop his players. And when you have somebody who's already pretty developed like Jamal Adams, it's going to make his life a lot easier. So I think the Seahawks will definitely be in the playoff picture. Hmm. Good assumption, I would say. Michael, your <laughs> thoughts? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I think obviously they make it. They make the Seahawks. Well, he makes the Seahawks even more of a contender, if not a Super Bowl threat. Now that they have someone to cover, cover tight ends in the middle of the field. You know, they. I I kind of compared it to um, when Tyron Matthew went to the Chiefs and how they didn't have that. Um, that void in the middle of the field to cover Rob Gronkowski in that ASC championship game a few years ago. And now then they got Tyron Matthew and that clearly paid dividends. And they won the Super Bowl. So I kind of compare it to that. I think, I think Jamal Adams, I mean, like Tony said, he's already, he's already proven. He's already, he doesn't have to, uh, P Carroll doesn't have to, really do anything with him he's already he's already proven he's a two-time pro bowler and he's already an all-time pro uh one-time all-time pro and uh yeah i i just think it's a perfect fit i think um yeah it's it's just the perfect fit really yeah i mean they they definitely needed something bolstered i mean that that was uh that was something going in the end of the season. You know, Russell Wilson was able to help outscore opponents. So uh, giving them something else as a spark, you know, it helps. Uh, obviously, they don't have, or at least they haven't had talks with J- Davey and Clowney in a bit. We don't even know where Clowney's going to land at this point. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's definitely a boost. Now, I, I'm going to ask this follow-up question, though. Are the Seahawks a winner of this trade, or are you going to give the most props to the Jets for getting that bounty and solving the problem that was becoming Jamal Adams in New York. Um, I think I was going to touch on, I think short term it's, there's no question the jets are going to take a major step backwards on defense. Cause I mean, it's Jamal Adams. He's, he's really good. He's dyna- dynamic player. And it's, it's just going to be tough to replace that kind of talent um, that came right out of the gate when he was drafted. Um, but I feel like the long term for the jets it's it's just a really big win. They're they're getting a like a treasure chest of of chat of uh picks and you know they they got a lot of draft value and you know they they got it out of a guy that was probably gonna disrupt the locker room anyway. And you know, I mean the Jets really aren't gonna I would say they're in the rebuilding stage. If I don't know if you would agree with that, but yeah. And you know they're maybe they're gonna tank for a quarterback if they don't believe in Sam Darnold, and they can use picks to bolster their defense. And then who knows? Maybe they'll be in the playoff picture soon. But I think in the short term, no, not right now. They're obviously not gonna be winning anytime soon. But they got value for the future, and that's promising for a Jets fan 
that, you know, they really haven't had anything to cheer about for a very long time. So they got to take the wins when they can get them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you know, I agree in the short term, I think the jets, I think the jets will look like the losers of this, but it all depends on how their drafts go. That's, that's the same thing with when we're talking, mm-hmm. you know, with how Oakland drafted, you know, and, and that's actually, this is a big debate on Twitter. Funny enough, Oakland fans will, or I'm sorry, Las Vegas fans. We got to do that right now. Uh, oh, you know, they'll go after bears. <laughs> fan. They'll go after bears fans hard for, and yeah, it's going to get hard to get used to. It's just like how when uh, the chargers move out to Los Angeles and I still call them the San Diego chargers every now and then. Uh, and now we have but, to worry about Washington, and that's a whole other thing. Yep, the Washington football team. They couldn't call it the club for some reason. They called it the team, right? which sounds because it sounds like a soccer organization if they call it the club. Uh, yeah, but do you prefer the club or the team? Uh, Neither. Okay. <laughs> that's, but yeah, cl- I mean, Wait I definitely think the club it flows better. You're, you're, that's punting on that if you're saying Neither. <laughs> <laughs> I like to abstain from this uh, argument. I don't like the team in general, so uh, I mean, you don't. What they do with their name. They could call. They could, you know, fall out of the league or move cities, and I, I you know, I'd be okay with it. Fine, <laughs> fine. <laughs> you know, they kind of a tangent here, but you know, they released their uh, merchandise today, like promos. Yeah, uh, stupid. A, yeah, a lot of the stuff. Um, it's hinting towards that uh, red, that uh, Washington Red Tails look. Uh, it looks like because it's it's got like aviation style of like rising graphics and like speed to it. So mm-hmm. a lot of pe- a lot of people think they might be leaning towards that. Just keep an eye on that uh, as we go forward through the year. But uh, yeah, um, darn it, I lost track of thought. Oh wait, that's right. <laughs> um, uh, uh, no, no, punted Tony. Go. What? Who? Who won this trade? <laughs> yes, Let me recover. Um, yeah. So I honestly, I'm with the Jets being the winners of this trade. Yes, Jamal Adams is an impactful player, and he's going to do well in Seattle, especially with Pete Carroll, who develops secondary better than anybody in the league. But at the same time, there's two first round picks going to the New York Jets in consecutive years. Yes, they're going to be a little bit lackluster defensively, but if they actually can get their offensive game up, I mean, they were, st- they were still, weren't doing too bad last year. And that was mainly due to their offense. Um, I, yeah, I, I got to give them the window because once you get the two first round picks, a third round pick in 2021, and then you do get a safety in Bradley McDougald. I mean, you put a guy back there who has experience, who has that leadership as well, and McDougald, who's not a head case in the locker room. So I, I'm more inclined of if you have a great locker room, you're going to have a great team. Because if you have any type of discourse in that, it's going to it's gonna eat the team away from the inside out. And so I like the Jets getting rid of the head case that is Jamal Adams. I am a little upset Jamal Adams went to the Seahawks because head cases normally go to Dallas. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, I I still got to give it to the Jets. I mean, they got two first round picks out of it, a third round pick and a safety to, and they gave a fourth in the in twenty twenty two. I I can't see how if you're trying to build the future of the franchise, this is the way to do it. I mean, the the Bears had a successful way of doing it when they got Cleo Mack. 
Yeah, and he was the only piece really missing. I mean, that they added him to a top 10 defense anyway and in 2018. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the sky was the limit there, and that was what opened up Mitch Trubisky. Last year, I, last year honestly, I, I put that as more they just queued on, on Cleo Mack, and that's why his production went down. But you yeah. know, that same effect hopefully happens to Seattle where it's like, okay, we're already a 12-4 and four squad. Let's, let's push it up to where our secondary gets a little boost. I mean, in my opinion – Jamal Adams should probably boost up Shaquille Griffin's stock as mm-hmm. a corner. I mean, he already was their number one corner, but he, I mean, compared to others around the league, he's had some room for improvement. This will probably help a ton now that he has some over-the-top help that is arguably the best in the league, if not second best, I would say, when you try and put it in that like top three between Harrison Smith, Tyron Matthew, and Jamal Adams. So, and even And even Eddie Jackson, if you want to put as four, which, you know, that's a huge debate. And, you know, Speaking of huge debates with player rankings, that's uh, the NFL 100 for you. Eddie Jackson is one of those that did miss the cut, by the way. That's why I bring it up. But you know, just continuing along with a you know a more pleasant conversation. Obviously, COVID has really pushed down our uncertainties with the NFL. But you know that doesn't mean we can't still talk about what happened last year or you know what we can expect for this year yet because the NFL season still is potentially going to be raging on. So. Um, Guys, I gave you a task to look at the NFL Top 100. Uh, it has been fully released now. Uh, Lamar Jackson, your MVP from last year, he was put at number one. I'll list off the top ten, by the way. So Lamar Jackson was first. Russell Wilson was ranked second in this list, followed by Aaron Donald. Patrick Mahomes would rank fourth. That is your Super Bowl MVP from last year. Michael Thomas would rank fifth, highest receiver on the list. Christian McCaffrey, highest running back on the list. He'd be sixth. George Kittle, highest tight end on the list. He'd be ranked seventh. Then following up the top 10, you have DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Gilmore, and 10th, Derrick Henry. Uh, my question for you guys, and since um, Michael, you didn't lead off la- the last one to start, so I'll give you this one here. Uh, who was the one, or who was a player, or at least players, if you want, uh, that either were misranked on this list by their fellow player compatriots or wasn't on this list that you noticed? Um, well, I think right away, um, I looked at the top 10 and I saw George Kittle sitting there at seven and I was thinking, I know he made the Super Bowl, but I know he didn't win it. But then I see Travis Kelsey at 18 and he had much better stats. Let's see Mm -hmm. what he, what he had. I, I have it right here. Travis Kelsey had 97 catches for 1,229 yards and five touchdowns, while George Kittle had 85 catches for 1,053 yards and five touchdowns. So, I mean, they are kind of similar, but I mean, I would not that stats mean a whole lot, but I feel like it does mean a lot. And he held his team win the Super Bowl, so I think maybe if you just switch their if you switch their numbers, you got my vote. But I'm not a player; I don't vote. <laughs> so, right? Yeah, I mean that's a caveat for this whole thing. Thing, I guess. Exactly. exactly. But I don't know. That's just how I feel about it. I think I think Travis Kelsey is definitely the best tight end in the league. He has the he has the jewelry to prove it now, and. Um, not taking anything away from George Kittle because he had a monster year, but um, 
yeah, I would definitely just give it to Travis Kelsey for sure. And then, yeah, I think that's a good assumption. Yeah. And then I know I'm a homer, but um, I think, I think Matt Ryan definitely should have been on the list of the top 100. I know his team didn't make the playoffs and maybe that is an indicator of teams or players making the top 100, but I think Matt Ryan had a, uh, he was, I think of only one other quarterback that didn't make the top 100 that made the playoffs was, or that didn't make the playoffs was Dak Prescott. But um, I think, I still think that Matt Ryan, not longevity wise, because I know that the top 100 is only about the 2019 season, but he still put up good numbers. He's still consistent. He's still, I thought, a lot better than some of the people that were put on the list, like like towards the end there. Like they had a bunch of guys that I feel like maybe shouldn't have been on there. I don't know. That's just my thinking. But I don't think people give Matt Ryan enough credit, even though he does have the weapons around him. He He's very consistent. And yeah. Like I said, I'm not a player, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. You got, you got to preference that. I mean, we are exactly. we are fans, but you know, I, that also brings up the question: you know, how much of this is more of a popularity contest as well? You exactly. know, besides the besides the stats. So, you know, it, it's something you do have to consider. Uh, mm-hmm. Tony, do you, do you notice anyone in this list that really is out of place to you, or really should be up there? Uh, yeah, I have two and, uh, they're both Homer ones. So Mike, don't feel bad. Um, (laughs) you're going to tell me that Jalen Smith dropped, uh, from 61 last year to 88 this year. Um, that I'm going to call you absolutely insane because with Van Der Esch being hurt, he was literally the anchor of that defense of that linebacking core. Um, that's some disrespect on that name. That kid has... It's definitely got to be a popularity contest because of the fact that he brought he brings that intangibles to that to that defense and I don't know how you how you rank him at sixty one last year when he's with a guy who's just as good in Van Der Esch and then when Van Der Esch is or the year before and then when Van Der Esch goes down you then rank him lower it doesn't make any sense when he had, when he stepped up consistently it makes no sense to me um, the other one is uh, my boy Demarcus Lawrence getting snubbed. Yeah. Uh, dude was 45th last year. 45th. And now you're going to tell me that he is not even in the top 100? You're insane. You're absolutely insane. Yeah, no, that, <laughs> I was kind of surprised at that one too. I I mean, I didn't I didn't think he fell off that much really last year at all. Um, I, and yet he's not on this list at all. Uh, but, you know, and you're talking Jalen Smith. I mean, I'm looking at you know, at least between the difference between 88 and 61. So, I mean, he's ranking below, you know, Demario Davis from the Saints, Eric Hendricks from the Minnesota Vikings, uh, Preston Smith, who, yes, had a breakout year last year. But, you know, that brings up the question, you know, what what type of linebacker are we talking? Because that's an edge-rushing linebacker more so than one that goes out into coverage. You know, Kendricks is more of your stereotypical linebackering format. So, <laughs> I mean, does Jalen Smith, is he better than Kendricks? You know, that's a good argument I think that you can make there. I mean, and if you're going off of a breakout year, that's great, but that doesn't push him up higher than 
in my eyes, higher than 80 at best. And you're going to tell me a guy who's proven himself in the last two years, two, three years, that he's going to slide, what, 17 spots? Yeah. Or no, 20 – no, he was 61, 27 spots. Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's a, it's quite it's quite a jump – or drop. I was about to say jump. It's like it was positive. It's not uh, – yeah. I, that's a shame because you, you're absolutely right. He's very consistent for the Cowboys. You know, uh, I think if it wasn't for Van Dresch, I think we'd notice him even a bit more, to say the least. Absolutely. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I'm going to do a homer pick here for one of them, but I do have another one that's been talked a lot about on Twitter. Uh, so my homer one is Eddie Jackson. I prefaced that at the beginning. Uh, look, I get the Bears had a drop-off last year, but uh, I also argue that he probably beats out Buda Baker from the Arizona Cardinals at the very minimum. If you want a top 100, I don't, I mean, Buda is a good, a good, like uh, underlying type of safety when it comes to credit, you know, he's, he doesn't get enough credit, but I don't think he's better than Eddie Jackson, man. I mean, Eddie Jackson had the intangibles. He's proven himself very much worthy. Uh, you know, I don't think that he deserved to be dropped from this top 100 list. Uh, and that's, that's just a personal thing. I got to say there. I mean, I think he ranks up more closer where Earl Thomas is at, you know, maybe in that like low seventies range, he still had an off year last year, but I think he deserved to be on that list ahead of Buda Baker. You drop Buda off, you slide everyone down, you put him at maybe like, say, I don't know, maybe like right below Tyron Smith at like 79 or 80, somewhere around there. Uh, I thought that would have been a good rank for him. But the guy that really has been making the waves on not making the list is Carson Wentz, I guess. A lot of people felt that he should have been on there uh, and that he was the one, he was the quarterback guy that people felt got snubbed the worst. And to give you guys some preference, here's the, here's the honorable mentions, the 10 that missed the cut. Uh, I'll start from 110 and go down to 101. So at 110, it went Leonard Fournette. 109 was Demarcus Lawrence, so he was nine positions off from making the top 100, apparently. Uh, followed by then safety Justin Simmons from the Broncos, Matthew Judon from the Ravens, Kyle Van Noy at 106 from the Dolphins, which was for the Pats last year. Uh, followed up by Rodney Hudson for the Raiders, uh, Eric Armstead from the 49ers defensive end, uh, Kevin Bird, or Byard, I think it's Byard, uh, safety from the Titans. 102 is Marquise Pouncey, and then just missing the cut was Julian Edelman. And Carson Wentz wasn't even in that honorable mention 10, but if we're looking at this list, Josh Allen and Kyler Murray, and don't get me wrong, Kyler Murray did have a solid rookie year, but the way that Wentz had to carry his team with the amount of injuries and low weapons just to get to a wild card spot, it makes me at least scratch my head that he's not in there. Hello, everyone. So here's the deal. The audio that we had for this episode, unfortunately, did not process correctly. So I had to cut off the episode early just because I wouldn't be able to get everyone's voice into the episode and it would sound a little awkward, but that's okay. We're still adapting this with this new software that we're using to record remotely. So we will try our best to make a episode complete in its entirety next time. Uh, if you do want to listen in 
to other episodes again be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting app drop a review by the way that'll help us with not only improving the podcast too but you know it'll also help improve what maybe topics we bring up or how we structure the show uh, also be sure to follow this podcast on social media as well as mine and others that are on the show's social media so for example the podcast you can follow it at, at ZK podcast on Facebook Instagram and Twitter you can follow myself mainly on Twitter at, at Zach Kyleman and you can also follow Tony and Michael on various social media as well Tony you can find him mainly on on Twitter at, at Tony Stenielson and Michael Grimberg you will find best on Instagram uh, for next time guys thank you very much for listening in um, we're all happy to get back into the swing of things there's more more Zach Tony and Grimbo episodes in the future as we all three of us that is love to make this content and we really enjoy getting on the mic and dropping our favorite words on our favorite teams until next time thank you very much so long and stay tuned